Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hello, everybody. We are so excited to have the whole gang back here together. It literally warms my heart that we're all here. Um, I have a special shout out to start off and kick off the episode with my first friend to have a baby, had her baby this morning. And so a special birthday shout out to Noah Joy Cashton. And we all had many little rosé bottles that we were supposed to pop when she popped. So I am enjoying a little glass of rosé to celebrate her. So congrats to new parents, Jessica and Arie and the little loved one, Noah. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. Aw, that's so cute. Yes, I'm very excited. And everyone is healthy and happy and doing really well. So I got the news when I was driving home from work today and just figured I might as well dedicate a little shout out to her today since we were recording today. So that's my major update, which is not about me, but about somebody I love very, very much. So I just wanted to give that, um, but wanted to pass it to Mads for any updates. It's funny that you said your update was about, not about you, about somebody that you loved. Mine is as well. Um, So I know I touched on him last episode or a couple episodes ago, and I've talked about him a lot, but my um, grandpa's brother, Uncle Ken, who stepped up after the, the funeral. So um, we were on FaceTime the other day because I got a, we got a hurricane here and it, it was a very small one and it was mainly a tropical storm, but he was FaceTiming me while the storm was coming through because he was worried about me. And so I felt bad because I was like just staring at the window because I was like tornado warnings outside. Um, but then he ended up telling me that he is doing, he is one of five seniors in a senior spelling bee at the old folks home in on, um, it's October 13th. And he has to learn over 300 words and he was reading them to me on the phone and he practices with the group every Thursday and then with his daughter or neighbor two other days a week. He's very into it and it just is incredible. And I was talking to my mom and I was like, we have to like send him flowers or something for that because it is just so cute and exciting. Um, but that is my happy news update. I thought that everybody here would enjoy. That's so cute. And we, as the morning crew, are wishing him, obviously, the biggest support and good luck to him in the contest. I hope he's going to kill it. Um, If there's anything that we can send him, happy to send him any sort of encouragement or anything that we can. That's amazing. That is so wholesome and that is so impressive. Like, I don't know if I would be equipped for a 300 (laughs) words spelling bee right now. And you said he's like up there in age. So I think that's amazing and I support him wholeheartedly and I hope he kills it. Thank you, guys. I will pass on uh, the messages and I hope that he does well, too. I will report back on, on how the spelling bee goes. Yes, we are staying tuned for that update for sure. Um, and then I also wanted to mention, um, kind of diving into what we'll be discussing today. If you've been listening, Mads and I have been holding down the fort for the uh, past couple of episodes while Kelsey's been gone. So I kind of wanted to just give the mic to her to let her talk about where she's been and what kind of she's been dealing with. Yes. Thank you both so, so much for holding down the fort and for still making this amazing content. I'm sorry I left you hanging on how to initially log into the recording platform. That was very funny for me to go back and listen to. Um, I... (laughs) You guys are amazing. And I know there's still a lot of work that needed to be happening over the past now, almost two months, like a month and a half. And so I just so appreciative of you both. Um, What was happening was a lot all at once. Um, One of the biggest things being that my Nana, who is my grandma on my mom's side, unfortunately passed away uh, early last month. And with that obviously came um, 
tons of emotions as well as a lot going on. I edited the big video that played at her service. I helped do some of the planning for her service. Um, Mix in there, I was planning and executing a Nashville bachelorette party for 11 people. Also in there, my boss had just left on maternity leave. Also, since I've been on the podcast, my sister had a big health scare and we were in the ER together. Also in there, I had to write a speech for a rehearsal dinner and a wedding and a friend going through a big breakup. And it was just like one of those where it was like one thing after another after another. I like wasn't home a lot. I was gone. I was like very day to day, um, which is why I was definitely not able to be my full present self to be able to work on the podcast during that time. So obviously the most relevant stuff, which I am ready to talk about today is everything surrounding the loss of my grandma and how, you know, it shouldn't happen, the order that it happened for me where I lost my mom first. And then two years later, her mom, um, it should be, you know, in a very different order, but that was the way the cards were dealt for our family. Um, and as we love to say, all the layers were present. There were layers upon layers upon layers during that time. And so, um, I'm definitely open and ready to talk about any of it. And hopefully something resonates with anyone listening who's gone through a more recent loss. Well, I am sorry that you definitely got the end of when it rains, it pours and that there was so much going on, obviously with one in very, very large loss um, kind of dictating. It feels like a lot of those emotions. Um, and since you've had so much going on and you've been running around, I guess my first thought and concern as a friend is just have you taken a moment to kind of like digest or reflect or has it just been kind of go, go, go? Is this your first time kind of like going, talking through it all, especially like loss or have you been able to process like in therapy or other ways? Um, Thank you very much for checking in. And I appreciate you both for checking in and also for being very sweet and generous and sending a really thoughtful massage gift card, which was such a surprise and such my love language. And I actually got the massage yesterday and it was amazing. So as of this week, literally this week, this has been the first week I've felt like my feet are on the ground and I'm slowly piecing like a homeostasis kind of back together. Um, and obviously that's not to say I was like in a deep, dark spiral for the past two months. Obviously like the wedding and the bachelorette moments had a lot of happiness and like I got to go to Tahoe and there are happiness in there, but it's just the general feeling of like crazy and go, go, go. I squeezed in one therapy appointment, but unfortunately my therapist has been on a leave. So it was like a first therapy appointment with someone new, which is like better than nothing, but not quite the same as when you have kind of like that cadence with somebody already. And I do think, and as I'll get into it with the loss specifically, the, the night that I heard and got the news that my Nana had passed, I very much let myself be sad that night. And I don't know if that came from a place now of unfortunately grief wisdom and from having this podcast and knowing that like suppressing things like wasn't going to help. And so I really leaned into being sad that night. And I think that helped me and my processing and digesting of it a lot. Um, I'm talking as like a not very big crier. I let myself cry. I was looking at pictures. I was looking at notes. I was finding voicemails, like I leaned hard into it and it felt like I kind of got a lot out. Um, and then obviously the service wasn't until a little, like a month after she passed. So then once the service happened, I felt that was like another chapter of processing a bit. So this is probably the most in-depth just about the loss that I will be able to like in one sitting process it is with you two. And as like experts and people who know me, honestly, maybe more effective than that new therapist. But um, yes, I would say this week, I'm starting to feel like a, a person again. Um, I was gonna say that I'm really happy that you allowed yourself to like, there's so many things I want to touch on from what you just said. But first, I'm really happy that you allowed yourself to enjoy those fun moments like the bachelorette and the wedding and all of that in the midst of this. I know how hard it is to compartmentalize sometimes and maybe you feel like you're good at that. Um, but regardless, like I think that it's just hard in general when you're going through something like that for anybody. 
And so I'm just glad that you were able to still find joy in those happy moments and like, I don't know, maybe put it aside or, um, you know, deal with it when you could. I think that's a very like mature and maybe it's a grief maturity too, as you were saying. Yeah. And as, as we said, I'm thank you for sharing and I'm so sorry for your loss. I know it's been also just a crazy hectic time, um, but we are glad to have you back. And I am happy that you're here to talk about it, even though it might be a little bit fresh. Um, so I'm curious, whenever you were talking about how, you know, you let yourself feel this way or you let yourself, you know, cry, cry the first day, was it how much of it was like you just like letting go versus you like actually trying to make an effort to like feel like I'm, in- I'm intrigued how your grieving like was like processed this time. Yeah, I think it's more the feeling of I was more hyper aware of what was happening versus like with my mom, it was more just like going through the motions, like more the just like shock because I'd never experienced that. And of course, you know, my grandma was 87, almost 88. Her health had been declining quite a bit. Like I would say this was a blessing that she was able to pass, you know, alongside family and she was not in any pain. So like the mentality around the loss is already a lot different than my mom, which was more the feeling of like, she was taken too soon. There's a lot more anger. Like there is a little bit more peace in this loss, which makes now I think we've talked about like my barometer for grief is so high that like Nana is still very high. And it was like a second mother figure to me, but knowing the circumstances of her age and everything, it was a little bit like, okay, this is a blessing. So I only, and so it also wasn't like this massive surprise. It was kind of hard to gauge because she was like, as long as she was in a hospital, but she wasn't doing great. And then I was at work, whatever that day was. And I got like a long text from one of my cousins being like, Hey, update. Nana isn't doing as well. Like she's having trouble swallowing and they just were kind of giving the family a heads up. Um, and I like read that text, like underneath the dugout and what's just a side funny comment like one of the funniest players on our team this pitcher kind of walked by and like accidentally like saw me mid reading it and he was like are you gonna cry are you okay and I was like um yeah I'm I'm just about to take a phone call we're good I just forget how much like expression is on my face and I didn't think anything was like noticeable um and so I definitely weighed on me in that moment where I was like "Ooh, okay this could happen soon and then I saw a lot of my family weirdly that night for dinner, just like anyway, and we were all kind of talking about it, but not in the sense of like, it's happening right now. And we like got home from dinner and like less than an hour later got a call saying she had passed away. So it was like an interesting series of events. I was like, just with family, we'd gotten a warning, didn't realize how serious. And so it was like later at night, my sister got the call. She came into the room, told me, And like her boyfriend was here and staying over. So like she and I just kind of sat on the bed and like looked at each other. And like, it's not like, it's not like tears flew instantly. It was just like us kind of in shock being like, oh my God, like we were just talking about it. And now all of a sudden, you know, she's gone and that's it. And then she kind of like went into her room with her boyfriend. Um, And I obviously like, and she was kind of like, oh, like you can come hang with us. And I'm like, no, it's really okay. Thank you. I'm going to just, you guys have your moment. I'll be in here. And at the time, he's no longer in the picture, but at the time I was talking to a guy and we were literally mid like texting about something else. And I updated him and he, to his credit, like really stepped up and was there for me. Like we didn't talk on the phone because I was, you know, upset, but he was like, texting me and being like, you know, tell me about her and like, I'm here for you and was just like very supportive via text, like while I was there. And so almost he kind of allowed me to open up a little bit. And there was a part of me that almost just wanted to put myself to bed right away. And in talking with him, it kind of allowed me to be like, no, let me like give this time. And I know this is going to be better for me. Um, And so that's when like the tears came then. Like I still like refrain pretty well from crying in front of other people. But like once I was alone, I was like, so that's why it was conscious in a way that I let go to kind of mads to what you were saying. Um, And he did kind of help me let go a bit too. You mentioned like having Kylie because Kylie for anyone, if we haven't mentioned before, is, uh, is living with you now. 
Um, so a huge difference, I think, with this loss, too, is that you guys are literally under the same roof at the same time when this is happening. So kind of wanted to hear, like, any differences or things that you noticed through this experience having her around so close. Yeah, that was so nice. And not to say that any of my like close friends who are my roommates like wouldn't be great to be around, but it just is different when you're with family and with somebody who's going through the exact same thing as you. So we both kind of looked at each other and felt that way. We were kind and like some of our cousins said that too. They were just like, thank God you guys are living together. Like what a weird, like sad, but great timing and way to cope. And, you know, that next day, since we found out late at night, we both were able to take Kylie was still on summer break and I was able to take the day basically off of work. And so we were kind of able to like sit on the couch together and order delivery together and then decide like, let's go take my aunt out to lunch because she's sitting at home alone and losing her mind and like, let's go do something. And yeah, it just made everything like easier that we were together. And if we had like a brief moment and then once we were coordinating like the funeral service or anything like that, she was just like there and I didn't have to put on a front for a friend or even worse, like there was a possibility during that summertime, I was going to be living with a random person and living with a random roommate during that time would have sucked and having to like closet how I was feeling and like dance around telling somebody. So just being able to be both of us, like very authentic was such a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I love the the big amount of sister love that we both have in our lives. Um, so I'm really happy you guys were together. And I'm proud of you for telling the boy that you were talking to what was happening, because it would have been so easy to shut down and be like, push away a little bit, especially because it was new. And I already tried to freak myself out when that happened. So I'm proud of you for that. And uh, <laughs> as we were talking about relationships, I'm curious how um, knowing it was your mother's mother, how your dad played into it or if you talked to him about it or in what what order it kind of played out being that your mother's like no longer here and that that was like her his a connection to her family yeah that definitely was so weird and so tough that it's like you know nana passed but mom's already not here and so my aunts because we were just together she called us first and then we called our dad to let him know and we had given him the update of the warning and you know, he had built like a beautiful relationship with both of my mom's parents. And like, we grew up so like literally five minutes away from them. So there like feels like an extension of his immediate family, of course, too. So similar thing, there's definitely like the sadness and that big life connection and another connection to my mom. Um, but he very much had the also grief barometer perspective of like, it was her time. She's in a better place now. So definitely my dad's sister and I have that really intense grief barometer and we're able to like process that versus like one of my aunts was very stuck on like, what else could we have done? Like what else, you know, we should have done this. We should have done that. And that kind of showed a difference. Um, there were definitely things I'm once, cause I, I don't think I physically saw my dad in person until the service. And so for me, I hadn't been home to Salinas in a really long time. And as I think I've shared, my childhood home is always a little bit triggering and I hadn't been back in a long time. So I'm like pulling up exhausted, like getting in the night before the service, like barely closing out all this work stuff, um, had spent the past many days editing the video had saved my writing of my speech to 10 p.m. the night before the service. My larger family does not know that, but I was so procrastinating writing that. Um, obviously, probably a lot going on there. And getting to talk to him, he was very much dreading the service and dreading. And he was just like, it just brings up everything. The fact that it's all of our family together again and going to the same cemetery, which I can get into all, all that stuff later. It was definitely triggering for him and all of us, but it just being, yeah, like another extension of of my mom was was tough for sure. Did you feel like or was there anything triggering for you in this loss? I think it was the feeling because my grandpa already passed away like 10 years ago. And so this feeling that three of the most important adults in my life who who raised me, who were so, so there. And obviously I have many others, but they were 
that three of the four are gone. Like that collective kind of, it just like intensified that collective loss. Um, and thinking about two, like in separating from my mom, just that now that, you know, pod passed a long time ago. So Nana being gone, it's like now both of them are gone. That means that like, because Nana represented Pa in a sense, right? Like with her being there and she was an additional representation of my mom. And so for her to be gone and then it's like that like big of like, wow, Nana and Pa are both not there. That means, you know, at some point here, probably next year, their houses, we're going to need to sell their house. And that was such a core home base for so many things, including Christmases and a lot of Thanksgivings and holidays. And it's just like, that feeling that I've touched on before of like parts of your childhood just like going away and like forcing you into feeling like an adult and just like at every family gathering, we joke like she's the queen, like she's the matriarch of our family. And now, you know, that generation is no longer represented and yet we're all so close. So, and, but interestingly, like the losses did feel really different. They like they were both obviously very sad and very life changing, but it wasn't like I was brought back to the moment I found out my mom had passed away. It did feel different mentally and physically. They were just obviously sad in different ways. And once I was like home and I was putting on the same dress and shoes that I wore to my mom's service, because like, why would I buy another, you know, dress and like things like that obviously are just like, uh, in your face and editing together this slideshow. Obviously, there's a lot of pictures with my mom in it, which people later said that part of what made the slideshow emotional for them was seeing my mom, not just Nana. And just like the reminder of like my mom's loss being kind of like this, the sadder, more tragic loss. And those things were more triggering. And also there's like a, a business side to it a little bit too, that, you know, when my Nana passed, you know, all, all things are supposed to be distributed evenly between the three sisters. But with my mom no longer here, it skips down to Kylie and I, and, you know, having to go to a big lawyer meeting the morning of the service and being at this table with my aunts. And then it's Kylie and I, and not my mom, like that was triggering to be like, I shouldn't be at this meeting. I don't deserve to be sitting at this table. And there's like weird guilt associated with all of that. That can be its own other episode. But just like that was triggering too to be like, I'm now taking on this like larger piece of this process that I shouldn't be. Wow. No doubt you've been going through a lot. I didn't even I didn't even think about that for some reason in in an ignorant way. Um, Wow. So I was gonna I was curious and it's obviously was going to come up organically and I'm glad it did. But I was originally going to ask about like the parallel or the mirror of how the losses kind of um, were mirrored or not mirrored. And we did kind of go through that, but I'm curious. So, and so much so is you said that they were at the same cemetery. Um, and so I'm intrigued as to know, like who brought that up or was it always planned or kind of how that went down? And if you felt like any of that planning stuff you were trying to memorialize or give, give credit to your mom as well. Yes. So the cemetery was pre-planned in that it's the that section of like niches and my grandpa's on one side and we were able to put my mom in one that's like the back of it. So it's like touching, but there's room for two sets of ashes in each. So my grandpa's had been set for 10 years. So we always knew that like Nana would eventually join in. But the cemetery experience is maybe... Like I had the lawyer meeting that day. I had the cemetery and then executing the video and the speech at the service and seeing a bunch of people at the service and being at my Nana's house for the first time since she passed all in one day. So that was the day my cousin was like, you really got to talk about this on the podcast. And we joked that that day was very much like an hour by hour kind of day. For me, out of all of that, the cemetery is the hardest. I... My dad has found peace in going to the cemetery to visit my mom and like leave her flowers. My sister and I have not. But speaking for myself, I just feel like I remember and like memorialize my mom in so many other ways. And the visual and the act of going to a cemetery is not enjoyable to me and like doesn't really bring me anything. So even though she was on her space is on the other side, my sister and I both never went over to it while we were there. 
And that wasn't something she or I talked about. And like my dad went over and some of our other family went over and it was very sweet. My aunt made sure to bring enough flowers for Nana and Pa as well as my mom's space. But I just am like dealing in the face with like my Nana's loss is already like one thing. And it was like a compartmentalize of like, I don't need to like walk around and like see that on top of everything else too. And it was like that. Those are the just the hardest visuals, the most emotional and inside the niche. So we had like a a pastor come and like do like a quick little thing as like her ashes were added and it's in this like gold case. And to just see the visual of like the two gold cases of like my Nana and Pa like next to each other was like already enough for me that I'm like, I don't need to walk around and like see my mom anyway. But I did think that was interesting that like my sister or I like didn't speak like, hey, like, are you going to go over there? Do you want to? Do you not want to? We just both like didn't. And we were just like, we're sticking to this already really sad thing. Um, and, it, you know, it's just the our immediate family. But yeah, the, the, it was pre-planned. Like I knew that was going to happen but we did not walk around to the mom's side. Um, and then with just the general mirroring, I think, you know, my my aunts, tech, since they were the daughters, they especially my one aunt was like really leading the logistics of the service. And I was just like a helper um, versus with my moms, I was doing like the majority of everything. And then this was obviously less about like my sister and I's like friends and my dad's friends and more just about like the family and the family friends and the community. And obviously once you're older, like a lot of people in your life have also already passed away. So just like the, it was still a good number of people who came, but it's different than like when somebody younger. So there were similarities in, in that way, but I like how I felt about my mom's reception. It, it also is nice like to just be around people and have people telling happy stories. Like the cemetery is really hard and emotional, but hearing people come together who like, you know, took the time out of their lives to be there and speak kindly about her. That part is nice. And so I know that's counterintuitive. Also one funny note, I, for both services, got a blowout ahead of time, like a hair blowout. And I just want to call out that you can feel and look your best for events that are not like big and sexy. Um, and I knew I was speaking and I knew that I didn't want to put the time into washing and blowing out my hair. And I knew that my Nana always really cared about like presentation. So I just want to throw that out there that maybe that's not the norm, but I got a blowout for both services because I knew I'd be seeing a lot of people and it's not weird. And if it makes you feel better, it's okay. Uh yeah, Fuck yeah. All I gotta say is self-care <laughs> queen. And also you're honoring her at the same time. So what a double win there. Okay, so first of all, I know that's a lot of heaviness in all of that. So commend you for that whole day. I mean, it sounds like just an insane marathon. Um, and you mentioned, I think it was your cousin that said like, oh, this would be good to talk about on the podcast. Did you have any moments throughout this experience other than that her saying that where you now you've been through a loss since having a podcast and this kind of like um, release or platform to talk through these things that you were like, oh, this would be good to talk through on there or you felt more equipped in some certain way. I don't know from anything you've learned from the podcast. I'm curious to know how loss was different post podcast if it was. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. I feel like after going through a big loss in general and then add on being a part of a podcast for over a year about it, I definitely had the perspective I did. And when I was talking to that guy, he was even saying, he's like, you unfortunately have like way too good of perspective throughout all of this that like I felt equipped with the emotional tools to kind of go through it. And if I remember correctly, like a little bit after Nana's passing, like very soon after we might've already had a podcast recording scheduled on the books. And it was like two days later. And I was even like, okay, guys, we're going to record. This is what happened. And even you guys were like, oh, it's really fresh. Like you can take some time. It's okay. But there was a part of me that was like, I know how to process this. Like we can talk about it. Like if anything, they're going to help me talk through it. It's going to be good. So I just in feeling comfortable in a weird way, like with it, like it's not this foreign, scary thing, unfortunately, like I'm very familiar with it. And 
you know, as things were coming up with like, oh, how I procrastinated the speech and how I let myself really get emotional and how I let in a couple people and telling them about it and like different tactics and just letting myself like if I was going to feel sad, feel sad and that's okay. And understanding the the different circles like we talked about in our first episode that like I knew my aunts as her daughters, like I knew that they lost their mother. I know what that feels like and being able to like be there for like that, you know, circle. And so I did feel annoyingly equipped on how to handle a lot that was going on. Um, So another silver lining is that like the podcast, the comfortability and like processing and thinking about grief and, you know, following all these accounts on social media about grief and, and even the social media thought came into mind because I made the decision to not post anything about it until after the service and just remembering how we all talked about like, there's no pressure. It's whatever you feel is best. And like that helped me in deciding, okay, I'll post a little something after and um, finding ways to like honor, you know, being a really good tactic and like us trying to do that, like that next day at lunch with what we ordered and how I wore my mom's earrings to my Nana's service to try to honor my, you know, like I was, I was taking all of the like tools we had kind of talked about whether consciously or subconsciously and was implementing them. And while of course, nothing's like smooth and amazing, like I definitely think it helped. And hopefully other people listening can take any of those types of tools for their grief experiences too, because I am proof that it is, it is helpful. This podcast is helpful. So you were talking about the comfortability of it and you know, how you make yourself comfortable. I'm curious day of the services when you knew you had all these big things going on when you knew you were as you mentioned wearing your mom's earrings um if you had any tactical like physical for example at my grandfather's funeral kennedy and i snuck in um wine and like tumblers and my grandma's very against drinking has never had a sip in her life and we just thought we were hilarious um but that's what we needed that day so to just saying that if there was anything physically whether it was what we did or going to, you know, the bathroom when you needed a second or knowing you could check in with a certain cousin if you had any tactical things that you were pulling out of your toolkit. Yeah, I think I love the wine tumbler thing. I think that's amazing. Um, I think, yeah, the cousin who made the podcast comment kind of the night before, you know, instead of hyper fixating, you know, she and I were the two cousins who were giving the eulogies. So it was like, okay, let's talk through, make sure we're like, what we're covering. And then somehow it pivoted into, of course, Taylor Swift related. And we just like let ourselves talk about Taylor Swift because it's like, we're not going to fixate on eulogies for like 10 hours. So like she was explaining, which pro tip for any of our Swifty fans, she made a playlist that represents all the main events in her life through Taylor Swift songs. And she was like walking me through them, like for every, you know, relationship she's had or life moment. And so like, in a weird way, like that was a nice tactic for us, since obviously, we're both big fans. And it was like a nice distraction. And then definitely leaned into humor when we could that next day, like, my dad just being like, today's gonna be, you know, effing horrible. And all of us laughing and being like, yeah, it really is. And um, this is a silly one. But like, instead of leaning into like total comfort food for lunch that day, we made a decision to like go get salads. And that sounds really dumb, but like I knew before going into like the service and speaking and a video that just like eating something that was like healthy was going to make me feel good instead of just like whatever was like, you know, in the house already or something. And it gave us something to do. So like that felt good. Um, I'm trying to think, but yeah, just kind of being like, okay, like hour by hour. Okay. Time to get ready. And, you know, just trying to be, I, I was definitely a little out of it when I first got to the place and, you know, my other grandparents very kindly came and said hi. And I think I was a little out of it talking to them. Cause I was like thinking about, Oh, this video needs to work and hopefully it's good. And my speech and, you know, I, once the video and the speech were done, I was able to like settle in. Um, and then in part that was so nice is I got to sit at a table with a lot of my cousins and then 
basically my grandpa's lifelong best friend and his wife, so who knew Nana and Pa for like 70 years, sat with us and was telling us some of the funniest stories from their days at Cal and their couples trips and was just busting us all up. It was a lot of stories that like uh, our generation hadn't really heard. And that was like so happy and comforting to find another way to connect that like leaning into those weird humor and those funny stories was like a great way um, to lean into everything too. That warms my heart so much. And I know we talk about like feeling a sort of connection through other people who can give us those memories, especially for the time that we weren't alive or there and to get to know our loved ones in a different light that we'll never get to know and didn't really know, or maybe like those, like you said, those stories hadn't been told before. So this was new kind of information for you. Um, I always think that that's such a special way to like keep their memory alive and to continue to learn about them too. And I definitely need to take the homework task of creating my own Taylor Swift playlist of my in like through my life or something. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, so I definitely want to do that. I was also curious, um, kind of on the podcast note as well, of if you've had any like friends or support system or family members that have like, besides your cousin that you mentioned, like listened to your podcast or you felt like a shift in terms of support, like now that you do have the podcast or was there any sort of like surprises or differences in like your support system and those rings and like layers of people that were supporting you for this loss versus your mother's loss? Um, that is a good question. I would say the first that comes to mind is you guys sending me a massage gift card. Like back at the time, my mom, I didn't have you guys or a podcast, you know, so to just have you guys, you know, I was barely updating you with what was happening. Still have never met Mads in real life somehow. And yet you guys were like so on top of it and sent it to me and like researched a place in San Francisco, which was like so nice and unexpected. So like literally that was the first thing that came to mind where I was just like, oh my God, that is amazing that because of this podcast, these girls who are otherwise like strangers from the internet are now some like very close friends and near and dear to my heart. And we're able to like reach out and do that for me. So like that was amazing. Um, and then I think my some of my other grandparents like who have been like, you're not on the podcast. I've been listening. Like what's going on? Like I've had some people checking in because I'm not on, um, which has kind of been because you guys obviously didn't like fully go into like why I wasn't. So that's been kind of interesting. But otherwise, and this is like so genuinely to the fault of no one, like I've had all my good friends like check in and text me about it. It's very different than losing a parent. Like the the what we experienced when my mom passed away was such an tidal wave of an outpouring of like every kind of support. But one difference from this, and it is a grandparent, and while it's a very important relationship, it's not as like, you know, life altering to your core, like losing a parent is. Um, you know, I took that one day off of work, and I was back to my normal life, right? Like it goes back to the like, how do you approach bereavement leave? And like, how long do you take? And what and you know, I'm just trying to compare it to my mom. And you know, for my mom, I took off almost a month. But for Nana, it was like a day. And that didn't mean I wasn't like sad about it or not thinking about it at other times or like logging off of work to then log on to this video project, which so kindly one of my best friends from work who is our editor was teaching me things because I normally am not the one to edit things that intricately. And I will say knowledge I had from editing our podcast helped me edit the audio for that video. So it was merging all the life skills together. But it was a different kind of like rip the bandaid off and go back into it versus with my mom. It was such like a like said, like tidal wave is the best way to explain it. So people were definitely supportive, but just nothing compares to the parent loss in that way. Are there any positives, which I know it sounds so weird. And you talked about like the stories and getting to know um, your grandma a little bit more in depth, like through those friends and maybe being more equipped, but are there any other kind of like, and I know this sounds so ironic, but any kind of like other silver linings that you mentioned like a couple, but curious if there was any like, I don't know, like happy moments during it, other than what you've mentioned already. Yeah, I think 
I definitely think that time sitting with them was so sweet. And I, the meaning them being like the friends and hearing stories. And one thing that I actually forgot is he, bless his heart, um, he wrote a letter to my aunt after the service. And I'll just skim through the parts that are relevant. But he's like, you and your extended family are brilliant. The service for your mom was really quite wonderful, honoring a great lady and our friend. Kelsey and Katie, my cousin, um, were outstanding. And I know how hard it is to do. During the luncheon, Judith and I were joined at our table with the granddaughters and a couple of their husbands. What a time we had. I was in my element telling stories about their Nana and Pa, all true. After all, I knew them for 70 years, and it was a joy to hear their stories. So our thanks to you all. You're a wonderful family. Please share with everyone else. Love. And like he mailed that and sent it to her. So just like that kind of thing. And and just general, you know, it's like we no longer have the Nana and Pa layer. So it's like the rest of our family naturally is close. Like it's another way for us to be closer and to be like, we technically don't have our grandparents to bring us all together anymore, but we're choosing to all want to be together anyway. And like we were, you know, spending time for the first time in Nana and Pa's house without neither, you know, Nana or Pa watching sports as we always do and making fun of each other and ordering our same Chinese takeout and like knowing that we were all actively choosing to do that, like in their honor, but without them there and talking about how we want to spend Christmas this year in Salinas and like have it be centered at their house. Like it used to be when we were kids knowing that the house is going to be sold before the next Christmas. So it's like, this is like the last time we get to be together and like making that choice was really sweet and talking about, you know, going to Hawaii, which I know Mads, you have a lot of special family traditions at ours, Kauai, um, and wanting to make that plan next summer and everyone being in on that to like honor because we haven't been back there in a really long time. So that would be since my mom and Nana have passed away and like honoring both of them that way. The other thing uh, which I forgot to mention is the day after the service, we all you know, everyone was basically still in town and we were like, what do we do today? Right. The day after you're kind of like, well, like the service happened and we decided we're like, we're not all usually together in Salinas in the summer, like ever. So we decided to go up to our family's cabin, which is like a 45 minute drive away just for the day, which is really important to our family. My great grandpa built it. My Nana and Pa decided they were going to get eloped when they were at the cabin Um, We all were raised going there, like very important to our family. And we were able to just go up and hang out and be in the water. And we also used that time to like spread some ashes there and just like eat some snacks and drink and be at this like really important place to our family. And like it felt so relaxing and like happy to do that all together, which like we really haven't done since we were little kids and just continuing to like, we're all still benefiting from like all these great places that like my grandparents like created or set up for us and like just continuing to like do that for them, we know would make them very happy. And just even with my mom gone and even with my grandparents gone, knowing that the rest of our family is still so close. And like that includes with my dad, like nobody views my dad as like, anything but like deeply a part of that family, which is so nice. So I would say that like closeness and feeling just so appreciative that like we have that all still is definitely up there. And my um, cousin's wife is pregnant and due in October. And that'll be the first of like the next generation of the family. And so just knowing we have like, like the family's still growing and we're all still close, like that part feels like very circle of life. I have a very weird question for you <laughs> that I have never thought about until today, but I don't think that the loss of your grandma necessarily affects this question, but it might because it inspired it today. More, This is more c- related to like your core family unit. Have you ever considered that you're the matriarch of the family? That is an interesting question. Um, I, I would definitely look at maybe with the immediate family, just my dad, my sister, and I, that naturally like you know all the jokes online about being the eldest daughter and like you know the responsibilities like the toughest men out there are really just eldest daughters or whatever like all those jokes say like I do feel you know with like 
planning and logistics and keeping on birthdays and things we need to do and travel plans. Like I definitely am on it with that. But with my larger extended family, I now at least look to my two aunts who are my mom's sisters and now the people who really can tell us the most about Nana and Pa and can tell us the most about my mom's childhood. That they are the reigning matriarchs, but maybe because my mom's no longer, a combination of my mom no longer being here, my very type A personality, and having grown up in the like core hometown, which none of the other cousins did, I naturally maybe have more of a like slight different power dynamic maybe than some of the other cousins because I just like step into that space. But the word matriarch is very big and intimidating. So I don't know if I can take on the word matriarch, but I definitely do feel like, especially since my mom passed, like I've tried to step in in ways where I know she would have stepped in or my aunts would have like leaned on her in some ways and tried to fill in there. And I know my sister has in other ways too, um, more with like cooking and stuff because she's way better at that than I am and me more of the logistics because I'm way better at that than her. So we've tried to divide and conquer, I think, and trying to like step in in that way. Um, I think that is it was funny whenever you asked that question, Kathy, I was just picturing the song in um, Encanto of the big sister, like the older sister, like having the whole like all the weight that was traveling her down. Um, but that reminded me when you were saying it, it kind of reminds me, Kels, I feel like that's a big sister thing too. Like Kennedy definitely has that. Like she's very like matriarchal and like protective. And like, even when we travel together, she is like booking my flight and like making sure I'm doing the right thing because like I've been known to mess all that up, of course. Um, but I feel like that's also just like a big, and it, ha- it comes out in really big moments, but I think that's a really cool thing and a really cool part of you and um, you and your sister getting to live together and, and go through all of that hard stuff together. Yes, definitely. The older sister dynamic mixed with my personality all comes into play big time. Um, It'll be interesting, I guess, to see how, you know, different family events and stuff continue. I know, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm a little bit extra nervous for the holidays this year. The holidays, like the past two years already have been more triggering Thanksgiving and Christmas. And now adding in the, the loss of of Nana and what that means. I am a little nervous, especially that, you know, one of the reasons we weren't doing the holidays in Salinas anymore was because my mom had passed away and we were trying to go somewhere different. We still do Thanksgiving in San Francisco, but being back in Salinas for the first time since my mom passed, like for Christmas time, I already, the podcast grief aware like brain in me is like aware that that is going to probably be a lot and I'm just going to have to take it and have my different coping mechanisms and make sure we like still talk about them and everything like that. But in terms of like future vacations or other family things, it'll be interesting to see how our roles all kind of evolve. And once that house is sold and that isn't like a main point anymore, like how we all stay close and like what roles we all take since of course Nana hasn't been in you know the best health so it's not like she was doing all those things for the for the last little bit but just her presence being there is still very powerful um and you know there was initiative of like oh the family needs to be here because Nana's here and we want to make sure we're spending time with Nana and like is any of that gonna start shifting now that Nana is gone um I know my aunt was making a comment. She was like, I remember talking to my dad, so Pa, when his parents passed away and having that realization of like, ooh, I'm now like the oldest of the family or like I'm now like that top layer of the family. And in your brain, you're kind of forever the kid, right? That's kind of everyone. But at some point, you're that like top echelon of your family and she's now that for our family. And so- that's kind of psychologically weird. And I'd never really thought of that before. That's a big one. <laughs> I've never thought about that. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to think about that until it's time to think about that. And you never know when that's going to happen either. So it's kind of the shitty part. You just picture your grandparents as grandparents. You don't picture them as like having been the kid and then having been the parent, you know, you're just like, oh, they, they're always grandparents, but like they had to get to that place too. And thinking, yeah, just like that circle of life that everyone will kind of get there is trippy. That it's like that realization, like you said, Kat, not that you want to think about it, like when that day comes for you. But I was like, ooh, 
that is that is an interesting one. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say in the same breath as like you thought. Like you, I think of myself sometimes when I'm having conversations, I'm like, I'm just the youngest in like the family. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm and I'm 27 and live on my own and do all the adult things. And I'm like, this is insane. Um, but it's crazy to think about it in those moments when like, yeah, like I don't think of my grandma and grandpa as like not being my grandma and grandpa. I don't think of my dad as not being my dad until I see pictures of him my age. And I'm like, that's just crazy to think about, especially when you're in those situations. And like, I feel like I can spiral about it very easily when talking about death. I definitely feel like that too. Kels, I wanted to ask if there was anything that you like, you wish you would have asked or that you wanted to talk about or touch on while we're talking about your grandmother still. And it's okay if there's not. I just wanted to make sure you had the stage if there was. No, thank you. I told Kath before we logged on that I wrote notes to just try to be like, I need to get out of my head like the timeline from the past couple months that have been otherwise such a blur. Um, The only other thing was obviously like, it's not like when the service happens and we moved on to the next day that like, oh, turn the page. Like that's that, you know, I was at one of my best friend's wedding the next weekend, which was like I've said, like so happy and amazing. But that's also, as we've said, like weddings and big life events can just generally be like, you know, a little triggering. And she had a first dance with her Nana. And, you know, I was watching her and her mom get their makeup done next to each other. And like, to go from the funeral the weekend before and then go to that. Like, it's not like those things actually like actively changed my mood, but it's just those flashes in your brain where it's really present, where it's like, oof, yep, I won't, I won't have that or I won't have that. And um, just a reminder that like for anyone who's gone through grief, like those like holidays and weddings and things just have like extra grace for yourself because it does happen in the random moments, of course, but it's really can be in your face in some of those big moments. Like Kath, we talk about like father-daughter dances at weddings. Like, why is that a tradition? Why is that such a big thing? And it's just like inadvertently so in your face and just trying to like be present for my friend and be present as a bridesmaid and like be thinking about that too. So just like a reminder that obviously these things seep and it's not like after a funeral is done, you just like tuck it away under your bed and you're like, oh, that's it. Um, so that's really the last thing. But otherwise, just thank you guys for giving me the space to kind of process and ask such thoughtful questions. And it was it was just as helpful for me to be able, like Kat said, I haven't really been able to sit down and talk about it this fluidly. And I know I can be long winded at times. So just thank you for giving me the space. Of course, that's literally the whole point of this podcast is to go as in depth as you need to. And I love the way you said about like the little flashes, because I think that's what like inspired my idea for this whole like podcast is like that those little flashes would always be kept internal and you wouldn't share them even sometimes like with your own family members or your own loved ones. Because it's like, where does it go when you say something like, oh, I had this thought like to somebody, what are they, what are they going to do with that? They either don't know how to respond or they're, they can say something like, oh, you know, she was so loved or he was so loved. And that's very true. It's just, it does, it's never like given the weight that it feels in those types of moments. And so I'm just super, um, I guess, happy, quote unquote, that you're able to share that with so many people so that they can relate when they have those little flashes, like that's such a universal experience when you go through loss and it's very present, um, especially right after. And also like for years to come, you still get those flashes. So thanks for sharing that. No, for sure. Like I, that's a good way of putting it where like, if it wasn't for this, I wouldn't have spoken it out loud because obviously like I'm just, I, and I actively was so happy for my friend and so happy to be there. And of course I would never say anything to want to like damper my friend's wedding day like could you fucking imagine somebody being like pause hold on look at me like this is what I'm going through like be sad for me like obviously not that and that's not me being fake that was me like obviously I'm present but the flashes happen and to your point Kath otherwise they just kind of stay inside and they probably bottle up and add up and it's not like there's anything anyone could say really like you said it's just like the space to share it and just knowing that like even just hearing like you fully understand exactly how that is described and like you go through it too. And Mads, I'm sure you too, like that, even though like I know that just like hearing it is definitely helpful to just feel like less 
isolated in it. Well, first off, you said thanks for having the space. Uh, we will always have the space for you. So thank you for showing up to it today. I'm really proud of you and um, proud of how you were able to talk about everything and kind of go into it and keep your composure and kind of just walk us through very in a very elegant way. Um, I know that that's definitely not something that's easy to do. Um, I mean, like Kathy was saying, like I didn't even tell my family about it, the podcast for like a year because it was just such a scary thing. So um, very admirable. And I'm proud of you. So thank you for sharing that. Um, on a lighter note, I did have two shout outs to your family that I had to give because I wrote notes of them throughout this. So one, shout out to the cousin for one being there with you, of course, and like making jokes about it. And Kathy is laughing off screen or off mic. Um, and then two, I would also like to thank her for coming up with the Taylor Swift song idea. And I'm also going to do that. Um, and also shout out to the grandmas because we talked about them on your dad's side and they've both written me emails and I love them. Um, and they are, you know, I guess I'll take, I guess I'll take Kylie because I've spoken to her, but they're up there for, you know, top Roth or top uh, family members of yours in my, in my heart. Um, so I wanted to just, all of that tied up. I had to put some note on them because all of that was was very much stood out to me when we were recording earlier. <laughs> oh my gosh. So sweet. Yes, they all deserve the shout outs. All big listeners. And yes, so my cousin had explained this to me before, this massive Taylor playlist, but it was like, hard to conceptualize until I was sitting with her and like walking through it. And she was like, I just was like had a long flight and I couldn't sleep and I decided to do it. So you title it whatever, like your Taylor Swift, like life playlist, like Mads version or like Kathy's version. And then she had like a shortened one, like she challenged herself to limit it to like the top 10 songs to represent her whole life in order. And then she had the extended one that was like very long. And she literally walked me through from like, high school, college, this happened. And not just romantic, like if you have other life things and just that creative exercise, I also was like, I need to do this. And she encouraged me. So maybe that can be all of our homework is making our Taylor Swift life playlists as a form of therapy and like processing all the events of our lives. I freaking love that. And I'm already thinking of like, obviously, what's the song that's going to be lost? Like, I don't know. Soon you'll get better. Uh, yeah, soon you'll get better. She literally, she literally had that song in place for the loss of my mom was soon you'll get better. Like we were scrolling through and I saw it and I was like, I know what that song's for. And she was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that. that's the song. More Taylor comments. One. So I was with that cousin and my sister at the Eras show and my Nana. So the Eras show for us was like end of July. And my Nana passed away like a week later. And we all held hands during Marjorie and had like a moment. And obviously, like all the phone lights came on. And it was one where it was one of those like, we know Nana isn't doing amazing. But we're just like, and also com combined with like the loss of my mom, we like all held hands and like had a moment during that. And then so of course, I put Marjorie as one of the songs that played in the slideshow to which like everyone said who I talked to like that that song just like hit so hard so that song forever will hit extra hard now too for Nana and yeah the the best day definitely hits and then I made a joke so I have the like Target Edition Midnight CD in my car that's like the go-to CD that's just like in there always and I was pulling away from Nana's house like the first time after being there um after she passed and you're on your own kid starts playing like as I'm driving and I was just like this is too much like I can't take that song right now either um but yeah those are the Taylor songs that like really hit and I definitely can never listen to soon you'll get better like I maybe have not actively listened to it start to finish since it came out pretty much so those are the hyper triggering but will need to be in the life playlist if I go through that exercise. I've, I'm the same way with Soon You'll Get Better. And I it's funny because it has the Dixie Chicks in it and I love the chicks. And so I was so excited about it. And I think I listened to it once. And now I always skip it. And, and my um, associate Alyssa and I will be working and we'll be sharing AirPods and I'll skip it. And she's like, wait, that's such a good one. And I'm like, I can't. Like I've never, I've listened to it once. It's, that one's too much. But I knew it would have to make the lists. Well, I hope that everyone goes home or after this episode or is at home and starting to make their Taylor Swift life playlist. I think that's the big takeaway and homework for all of our morning crew listeners and also ourselves. Um, but to give 
Kelsey a break because I know she was so gracious with her story and telling us and talking to us all episode long that I will do the closing for us this time. Um, thank you again, literally, seriously, for sharing your story and your experience and everything that comes with it. I know it can be really heavy. And to Mad's point, you said it so eloquently and had a lot of composure during it. And that's not the easiest job to do. So kudos to you. Um, very proud of you. And we love you very much. And with that, we are available wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Follow our Insta, send us an email, follow us on TikTok. We're posting content there. And that's all for now. Bye.